Father Harmon, how the heck are you? Father Lugo, didn't you used to teach math? I did. I'm a math guy. So when we counted how many days until <laughs> the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. King of the Universe, we were did we, off... did we get that right? <laughs> uh, turns out, no. Uh, I would we... expect that from me because I'm really bad at math. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just like to doodle things, mm-hmm. um, but you like you like do numbers and stuff. Yeah, well, maths the maths are different in Europe, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm a little bit. You, you got know, those European maths, uh-huh. European maths, yeah. So it turns out we were wrong, and next week is Christ the King as we record <laughs> this. So yeah, ha- so we're going to be looking at those readings today. Mm-hmm. Oops, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm actually uh, kind of grateful because that means that we're done with ordinary time. Oh God! Finally, finally. Yeah. Ordinary time. I got to tell you, I, I, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. I'm not a Out big loud. fan. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> um, Why not? No, I'm. It's not that I'm not a big fan of the readings. I love the Bible. Um, <laughs> it's what, what I'm not. What I'm not a fan of is like the only thing anybody says about ordinary time in a positive way is. Oh, you know, it's like we try to find God in the ordinariness of life. Oh, I hate that. It's like, if that's the only dimension that we have for what this season is, can we just call it what it is? It's time between Pentecost and Advent. Like, that's what it is. Well, Father, but that's what it used to be called. Precisely. And we can't do do anything that that used to do. Yeah. (laughs) And so, (laughs) I just, I don't know, I just find it kind of interesting. It's like, I appreciate ordinary time. For the readings that it gives us, the cycle of readings, all that. But like, we're kind of forcing it a little bit by claiming that like, oh no, it's like Jesus in his daily life. And it's like, well, no, it's not. Like the last two weeks, we've had these very like eschatological readings and I don't know. Well, that's also the problem with the way that we kind of impose, I don't even know what I'm going to try to say here. Like we try to impose theological meaning to English translations of things. Oh, interesting. Like, you're totally right. We spiritualize these little, you know, pithy sayings that we've got. And it's like, well, that phrase, ordinary time, as we understand it, didn't exist. Well, first of all, it didn't exist as a concept until, you know, whenever. But when you move over to different languages, like, I don't know what it's like in Spanish, but does it have any sort of different connotation than like ordinary? Because I think that word is what trips us up. Yeah. I mean, in Spanish, it's just like the English. It's just ordinary time. Um, but yeah, I think people try to preach on it as just like finding God in the ordinariness, which I, because that's not what that word means. It just means non special time. Is that I mean, it's, it's the, it's the time it's in Latin. It's the time of the year. Hmm. Tempus per annum. Interesting. Uh, and so it's like, it basically means, I think means the same thing as saying, you know, this is the time after Pentecost, or this is the time before uh, Advent. Advent, there we go. Oh, uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So something happens in the translation where it becomes like all about what is what is ordinary. I think that's mean. right. I may be making that up, but I think that's right. <laughs> um, well, all that being said, I mean, so we're approaching the, I think, what the solemnity of Christ the King is the last Sunday of ordinary yeah. time. Yeah, um, New Year's. Yeah, I mean, before before we jump into those readings, uh, just really quick, did you get a chance to preach today, or? Of course not. Of course, uh, of course. <laughs> but how did you close out the year? How did you yeah, close out ordinary time? Yeah, well, like I just said, ordinary time actually doesn't end for another two weeks. Uh, we still, <laughs> like, like Christ the King is the last Sunday. But yeah. I so I have two things I wanted to share with you. First thing about my homily today 
first thing is not actually about the homily. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to something we don't talk about very much, which we sh- which we should mention, and that is that I love. I'm gonna say it again. I <laughs> love uh-huh. hearing confessions. Mm. It is much the best thing I do. It is like hands down. Of course, of course, celebrating the Eucharist is the source and summit of everything. But like celebrating the Eucharist, the sacrament of penance is just such a beautiful encounter of God's tremendous love and mercy. You know, it's like you know, the I ordinariness mean, of our daily life. Yeah. Really yeah. Getting a... <laughs> well, well, so I'm just mentioning it now. I know this is only about our preaching, but I I left church today after preaching and Two people came up to me randomly and were like, "Hey, before you leave, could you hear my confession?" Ooh. And and the way the way that confessions work here, sadly, is that there's really no scheduled confession time. It's just like as like the church bulletin says before or after mass. You know, is Which that because like. of Corona or just normal? It's it's two things. One is Corona, but Corona exacerbates the more fundamental problem, which is the like dechristification of Europe. Like the, <laughs> yeah. the lack of Christian culture in Europe. Right. Um, anyway, long story short, not to belabor the point, I just want to I just wanted to name it for you that I had a really powerful experience hearing someone's confession today. It was a very ordinary confession, very brief, lasted maybe four minutes, and I just left. I was I woke up this morning very tired, but I left that confession so on fire because God's love is so palpable, you know. Yeah. And just knowing that a person is forgiven. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that at you. Um, to name it uh, as a good grace that I got today at mass. Sorry, I was about to sneeze. Uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. And I think there is, I think there absolutely is a connection that should be made more often between those, specifically those two sacraments, confession and the Eucharist, because they're yeah. both about healing. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. And if... I don't know. I don't know. This may be too of a harsh, too much of a harsh statement, but I'm going to say it. If if you're not if you're preaching and you're not calling people to repent and believe the gospel, maybe you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Oh, sure. I I, I get that. I get that. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I don't I, know. I, gets, I don't know. That, I know. I like that. And maybe my last comment about today, I'll just tell you a little bit about my homily. I I did. Decide to do something that we didn't talk about, which was I did, and this gets into our readings for this upcoming Sunday. I started to realize that the readings we had about the virgins, the readings we had about the talents, and the readings we had this upcoming Sunday with the sheep and the and the rams, the sheep uh-huh. and the goats, um, all of those three together are the entirety of the twenty fifth chapter of Matthew's gospel. Oh, um, so they all cool. go together. They all go together, and so I started talking about the virgins, and I ended talking about next week's reading. But in the middle, I talked about the, the talents. Uh, but the thing that I, this is just the little nugget that I wanted to give you that I didn't realize when we spoke last week is that when people talk about the talents, we tend to talk about them in a very like, oh, we all have our talents. You know, we all have our unique talents and all that. One thing I started to realize as I was reading, and actually this came out of a reading I did of uh, one of Pope Benedict's homilies. Um, he said, actually, we're we're all given the same gift. It's not... A diversity of gifts. So the talent that's referred to here is the same one given to each person, just in different measure. Um, and so the talent oh. isn't different. It's just a different amount. Um, I really appreciated that. And that got me thinking, and where I went with the homily was, what's the gift we've all been given? Well, I got to tell you, it's faith, yeah. hope, and charity yeah. from your baptism. Yeah. That's what you're given. Right. 
And where right. I went with the homily was, is that the lesson of this gospel is that paradoxically, you increase the amount in the measure that you give it away. So That's if right. you want to I increase like faith and hope and love in the world, I got to tell you, the problem starts with you because Boom. you're not giving it away. So like I got, I got in this whole thing about if you look around and you see how hopeless the world is, why don't you start sharing hope? Because right. that will multiply and and cause hope in the world. Anyway, so I got in this whole thing about if not about you, that. who? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that was my homily. I love that. I really do. I think that's a really great message. Um, and I can, I can, uh, I can imagine why it it you encourage pe- people to go to the sacrament of confession. Like it really does. It, you need to start that internal conversion first you know there's that great Tolstoy quote I think I've mentioned it on on this show before uh I came across it right when um like lockdown started and um you know all of these people were were being murdered in the streets and it was just really really dark days uh and it said something to the effect of you know the only true revolution is a moral one and blah, blah 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 the problem that we have is that everybody wants to change the world but nobody wants to change themselves wow yeah that's it that's it very good, very good. Well, anyway, so this uh, this upcoming Sunday is the the tail end of this chapter. So picking up from the talents, uh, yeah. we we go straight into these sheep and goats. Well, um, let me ask you this question first before we get into into the scripture proper. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You may oh. not have you may not have done this yet, so that's okay. Uh, if you haven't, then I want you to do it. I'm giving you homework. Okay. <laughs> What does Pope Benedict have to say about the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe? Did you read his homily yet? I have not. I have not. My my uh, my tendency is to read it the day of. So mm. <laughs> I, um, I, I usually read the gospel. I usually read his homilies the morning right before I go and preach uh, just to see what oh, he's see. doing, to, to see what he's doing. It helps oh, me see. prepare, you know. Um, well, okay. So then. no, I'll leave that for homework and maybe I can start changing my behavior and doing it a week in advance so that I could give well. you some... No pressure. Give, no pressure. Well, it could be good for this podcast. Like I could give you some nuggets that he says, you know, in preparation yeah. for next week. Because that's all in Spanish, right? There's no English. The so I mean they're all published on the Vatican's website, but I have a special edition that co- like puts them all together in one volume, and that's in oh. Spanish. Um, but you can find them all online. It's just harder to find because this is oh sure because the Vatican bound. website is the worst. Terrible place. It's the worst website ever made. Oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Um, second only to the USCCB website, which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also bad, even worse. Um, anyway, so yeah, so stay tuned for next week. I'll tell you a little bit about what Pope Benedict had to say, and then I'll start, I'll Epic. start reading in advance for you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So Christ the King. Okay. 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 So we've got, again, the same problem that we always mention. Do mm-hmm. we preach on the feast or do we preach on the readings? I think they go hand in hand. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they're two se- completely separate ideas. Um, but I think there's a way in which a lot of preachers, a lot of the time, will kind of what we do, you know, f- take this idea, and even what we do with that ordinary time that we were just talking about, like, we take an idea from, like, from the title, like, what does it mean for Jesus Christ to be king of the universe, and, like, make a homily on that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's always, how should we say, good. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. I But I do think it's important to know like why it is we celebrate such a feast and what does that even mean to say mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is king of the universe? Like that's a weird way to say that. 
Yeah, I kind of wish we wouldn't use the word universe. Like that makes it sound <laughs> kind of silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd almost prefer just like Christ the King. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> huh, <weird. laughs> you or know, the King mean, of like, Creation. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> it's almost like what's the value in trying to? I don't know. I, it makes me think of like the solar system when we talk about King of the Universe. Yeah. Like that's where my mind yeah. goes. Um, he's the king of Neptune. It's like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> just kind of a silly, silly idea to be thinking about, you know? Well, I um, think we just found our, our episode title, Christ the King of <laughs> Neptune. Christ the King of Neptune. Now, I got to tell you, Jonathan, so I I do agree that that's one of the problems we face with these feast days. I, I can't honestly really tell you what the relationship is between the name of the feast and these readings. Like, what, well, what do you see in these readings that's about... Uh, so, okay, so in the gospel, for example, this is one of the few things that I wanted to make sure to highlight for you. Like, Jesus said to his disciples, and he gets into this parable, and then all of a sudden, he says, then the king will say. Like, where is this, <laughs> the king, the he's, king? Referring, he's referring to, I guess, the son of man, yeah. but... Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. First of all, A, I don't know. But I do think... <laughs> That there are so, and this is kind of the problem that we've got. You know, I like to to talk a lot about how are we, how are we exercising our imaginations? How are we training our imagine our creative, our Catholic imagination, to be able to take in some of these realities that maybe may, might not make all that much sense to our modern, to our modern eye, our modern ear. And mm-hmm. I think this idea of a king is one of those. Like we want to think of, you know a president of the United States. We want to think of, you know, the king of Spain. Is that a thing mm-hmm. still? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, We want to think of the queen of England, right? We want to think of these very earthly monarchs. And I think that's kind of the point to show that Jesus, and this is our, the meditation of the temporal king and the spiritual exercises. It's meant to show that Jesus is not only the best that you can imagine, like an Arthur or whatever, or an Aragorn, but he takes it the step further and is even more perfect even more beyond them than they are the bad the bad kings and queens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think there's still this image of like conquering that we that we can't get away from. And I think that's the beauty of the first reading from Ezekiel. Like the king is the shepherd. The king is the one that gathers, the one that tends, the one that feeds, the one that builds us up. Um, mm-hmm. The king is the one that destroys the enemy that we can't destroy, death, in our second reading. Um the king is the one that take that takes it takes it that extra step and reminds us and that's what i love about this parable from from the gospel uh that like these righteous people they were confused by the king when he said you know uh you've you saw me when i was hungry blah 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 because they weren't looking for him right right uh they were just doing these things because they 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 were because that's the right thing to do and i think in this, you know, this ideal world with this king that is shepherd, this king that is um, builder, like that's just the type of people that live in in that kingdom. Right, right. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you lost me a little rambly. The last, on the last part, you lost me a little bit. So, like, I mean, he certainly is the shepherd. He certainly is is that. Um, I think I think the, what I'm trying to say is the gospel is showing us the fruits of the king's labor. Hmm. Like, what does the kingdom look like with this, 
with this true king? Well, the the righteous people are are have been changed, fundamentally changed, and they're not doing things because they're looking for the right thing to do or for the you know the the good the good PR moment or anything like that. I see. I see. They're doing the right things because they've been changed fundamentally. Uh They've had that Uh encounter with uh, with the living Christ. They've had that that earthquake that St. Paul speaks about happen sure. in their hearts. Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Uh, okay. What, I, what, I, what I'm just picking up now, though, it's not just putting a, a focus, as you're saying, on the kinds of people who respond to a certain invitation that belong to you know, the kingdom of God. Um, bro, like, the king will say, I was hungry. Yeah. The king will say, I was thirsty. So who is the king? The king is the pauper. So like there's this incredible yeah. reversal that happens in the gospel that the king is identified with the beggar. So he's the shepherd. He, he is that for sure. And I think this 25th chapter of Martin Matthew's gospel has a beginning with him being the bridegroom that comes to the virgins. He's the master that entrusts us with his goods. But here he's the king who is the beggar. Like he's... Yeah. You know, he's the unexpected wedding guest. You know, he's the one that we we don't expect. Um, I don't know. There's something there that like here, the identifications also. Yes, for sure. Like you're saying on our response to his invitation to be dedicated to the works of mercy. But if it's about him, who is he? Well, he's the one who's naked and we did nothing for, you know, and that's the thing that we put above all things, you know? Well, and I mean, hello, that's the, that's how we prepare for Christmas. Like that's Advent, recognizing who this King truly is. Well, he's coming, um, to humble himself, to take on the form of, of a human being, you know? Okay. Yeah, totally. So like last year, when we recorded this episode, I think last year, um, I think if we did this last year, for what I remember, um, (laughs) you said something, you said something, I think that was really, uh, really wise. How, how do we think about this feast day not as the last one of ordinary time, but Ooh, the yeah. first one of Advent? Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, mean, it kind of sets the... St- absolutely, I said it. I think I remember <laughs> what I said. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. It sets the stage so that we know, you know, just like, you know, it's the overture, if you want to think of it in terms of, of a symphony, that we've got this great cosmic uh, uh, music unfolding before us, and then, you know, in a week's time or whatever, we're going to uh, delve into the first, to that first movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's yeah, not so going to be totally foreign to us because we've already, we've already listened to that, to that prelude, to that overture. Sure. So one of the reasons that I, I keep harping on why it's in the 25th, go- 25th chapter, I think like it begins with, uh, it ends with this, but it begins with the virgins holding their lamps in the dark waiting for the bridegroom like that's advent yeah. you know we light lamps yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> to to await the welcome of the bridegroom who's coming in the dark you know um and he's running late you know and so um what what i love about connecting that passage with this one is that the reason it's dark is not because the bridegroom hasn't arrived yet it's sorry the reason that we haven't found him yet is because we don't see him where he really is and where he really is is in the small individual yeah. outcasts and it's like we need to shine our light brightly to be able to see him there because we're waiting for him in all the wrong places right like like the goats they were looking for probably you know they were looking for the well-to-do they were looking for the noble they were looking for the well-educated <laughs> the goats <laughs> am i wrong 
Is that no, not what they are? It's just, <laughs> yeah, you know, like the goats, you know, they were looking for like the rich and the power. Yeah, don't be the goats. <laughs> Second of uh, all, what, what does Jesus have against goats? They're so trendy know, nowadays. So the goats are also in the first reading. Is that right? I missed so that. I will, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams Ooh. and goats. Ooh. And so rams we have rams. Goats. So rams well, are That reminds me goats? of uh, Abraham. I have no idea. I think no, rams, rams are different are... than goats. Really? Aren't they? I think a ram is a male goat. I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah okay we'll leave that for your homework for next week to, to figure. <laughs> okay all right buddy any parting thoughts uh i mean there's just so much more to these readings and to this feast than we can really get at yeah you know, 20 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. um so it's really so my typical advice to go pray is really that much more important that we really have to to delve in and get some sense of of what this really means for us as we prepare for the coming of mm-hmm. of our lord and savior in the incarnation yeah yeah, totally. Uh, my parting thought is just the Alleluia verse. I think it's important. That's something we're going to have to maybe wrestle with next week is going to be his relationship to David. Ooh, um, to you? That, not to me, but to <laughs> King David. You know, so like oh. Jesus is king like David was king. Yeah. Um, like this is yeah. this is not correct what I'm about to say. But instead, like one way to sort of get at it is instead of thinking of David as a prefigurement of Jesus, think of Jesus as a culmination of David. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. You know, and so like he's David, like full blown. You know of right. what David was supposed to be. Yeah, bro. All right, buddy. Till next time. <laughs>